Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Australia's first ever online workplace mental health induction. You can learn more about a custom induction for your business by visiting www.mentallywellworkplaces.com.au. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm Amy Guest and today I am lucky enough to be joined by one of my lifelong friends, Kate Penno. Kate is a qualified social worker with over 15 years experience working in the human services sector in Tasmania. Kate also offers her services through employee assistance programs and has more recently become a qualified life coach working on empowering parents and professionals through life seasons. Today, Kate joins me to discuss navigating through life as a working mum. Welcome, Kate. Oh, thanks, Ames. What a lovely introduction. And it's beautiful to be chatting to you as uh, our friendship has been such a big part of our lives. So it has. Thank you for having me. And funnily enough, we're here to talk about navigating being working mums and I've got my four-year-old daughter sitting next to me sick watching her iPad. So if there's any um, iPad in the background, that's just my work babysitter. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess we'll start by telling me a bit about, um, you know, you starting your career, uh, your social work career in Tasmania. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I love having this conversation because it's so beautiful to just remind me as to why I, you know, did start uh, to get into this work. And so, you know, I was pretty young. I think I was, yeah, 17 or 18 and I'd started volunteering for a number of different organisations, the Mental Health Council of Tasmania and Lifeline. And so, you know, after finishing college, I decided to take a gap year and um, had planned to go on to psychology. Um, But after a few years... um, felt that social work was the right path for me and so through um, changing that I ended up going to UTAS in Launceston and completing my Bachelor of Social Work there. So I always wanted to work with people and help people and I just always been so intrigued by and fascinated by people in their lives and wanting their lives to be better. So, you know, that was always the foundation for me in getting into this kind of work. Yeah, great. And I, having you as a friend for so many years, I know that you are fascinated in people <laughs> and you do want to help people and you've got that that natural um, caring side and, and that need to help people. So mm. perfect career for you. Yeah, <laughs> so tell yeah. us a bit, after you finished uni, what happened from there with your career? How did it evolve? Yeah, it happened really quickly. I was really lucky that throughout my uni studies that I'd already been sort of working in the sector from having that volunteer experience. So I, whilst I was studying, I was already working sort of in youth work um, and actually my first sort of job was in youth pathways so already sort of starting out with that kind of career um, future coaching sort of focused um, work for people so that was sort of I was really um, I loved that sort of goal setting approach and working with people around you know the future and so I worked in that role for a while and then my final placement um, in my social work degree was in the education department and so I was lucky to secure work straight away from 
completing and graduating at uni. So I did that for a period of time um, and have had a number of different jobs over my career, but it's something that I've been lucky enough to come back to and work in the education sector for, you know, 10-ish years now. <laughs> um, and, of course, that's been – and there's been a natural progression there for me to then move into employee assistance work, which has given me a really nice holistic picture of working with a range of people and different demographics and issues. Um, and then, yeah, getting into coaching as well. So it's a nice combination of counselling and coaching with all types of people in all walks of life, which has been really great. Yeah, very versatile. Mm. Um, so I guess obviously you've, you've gone through that career change. Let's mm. um, skip forward a bit and talk about what we're here to talk about also, yeah. and that is yep. your decision to start a family with your lovely husband, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, pretty pretty soon into coming up to my 30th year, I think, yeah, we, we did decide that we wanted to start having a family and really lucky that we fell pregnant quite quickly. Um, I don't know how much time we have to talk about that and I probably won't go into it too much about the pregnancy, I suppose, but my pregnancy wasn't super um, straightforward and we did have some complications which resulted in me spending us you know about a month in hospital before my little boy was born um, premature at 34 weeks mm. um, so my my transition into motherhood from work actually was really interesting because when I had wanted to finish at work I had always had this really strong work ethic that you know, I wanted it to be convenient. I already felt like an inconvenient sort of finishing up and I wanted it to be really straightforward and streamlined for my clients and for my my employer. And that obviously didn't happen. But, you know, when I look back and reflect on that now, it was actually a life lesson that needed to happen for me. And I think that it's made me be the best mother that I that I am now because of what I've actually been through and it's made me... Um, manage with return to work as a working mother because that's not the reality things don't go to plan. things yeah you have this plan yeah. in your head and this is what I'm gonna do and so I yeah. guess it was little Spencer's way of letting you know that this is <laughs> this is a taste into motherhood this is yeah, what that's right yeah things won't yeah. always go the way you need them to that's right yeah so that's been a huge crash course and it's been it's been an absolute um life-changing experience for me um, yeah, <laughs> becoming a mother and yeah a lot of what I'll talk about with my clients and in my work is around being really clear about what your values are and so for me um, having been quite a career-driven person prior to starting a family it was really challenging I remember coming home from work when I you know had to finish early and thinking what is my identity now like prior to having had this child and going all I've known is this this person that I've been that's been this, um, you know, social worker and person that's been working full time and it, like, I'll never forget that feeling of like, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can completely um, relate to you there. It, yeah. It's just a change. I, I was similar to you. I was completely yeah, invested in work and my career mm. and, and then 
coming off work and going, uh, okay, I'm changing nappies <laughs> and I'm here with this baby that doesn't really do much yeah. um, and I need some adult time and mm. <laughs> I want to be busy and, yeah, so it is yeah. a confronting transition um, that I guess you don't really prepare for. You don't prepare for that yeah. part. You think, you know, you do yeah. all these, you read the books about this and that but it, not about... Um, the changes you'll feel. You're mm. you're learning how to look after a baby. You're thinking, I've got to do this, but not what how you'll actually feel when he or That's she comes right. along. Yeah, and so much of that focus is about the baby and it's not really about the mother. And and that's been something that I've really become more focused on is about focusing on the mother and the transition to motherhood because it's it is such a significant part of your life. And I think that the expectation is that it's going to look a certain way and it, and it's not discussed very often about what it actually the reality is of, of being a mother and particularly a working mother. I honestly had no idea. <laughs> and, you know, having had a lot of my friends having children prior to me having kids, I really have so much um you know, in awe of how, you know, yourself being one of those people and many of my other friends who have just um, really set the path and, and been so inspirational around how you have managed and um, given lots of wisdom along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess another thing um, which both you and I have dealt with with our young children is um, obviously returning to work and also um, illness illness for mm. our children. I know a lot yes. of people deal with it, but um, we had it probably in a similar way that it was recurring and it was a real mm. a juggle with work and, and life and obviously keeping them mm. healthy and, and all those kind of things. So tell us about yeah. um, that for you. Yeah, so, you know, that's really something I never, you know, anticipated again and in, in, in reflecting on the, con I can remember the conversations you and I would have and the messages you, we would share around your children being unwell and thinking, you know, again, like no one can really understand what it's like until they have a child that's constantly sick. You know, it's really very challenging because it just means, like particularly with young children, you know, I uh, I see other people that children sleep well and they can be on a routine and they can go out and do things and it's impossible to do that when you have a sick child. Um, mm. You know, it's the stress and the worry and the anxiety that you have. Um, you know, for me it was sleep deprivation because my son was unwell for such a long time that for the best part of 18 months he's essentially slept on me or with me because I had to keep him upright because his ears were painful laying down and um, the constant um, advocacy, you know, going to doctors and having to try and, like, problem solve around how to actually um, get the correct treatment. You know, for us we spent a lot of money and a lot of time going from different doctors to doctors and trying different things and, you know, obviously having returned to work and juggling just returning to work and being a parent as it is, that was really hard to manage and sometimes I just, you know, there'd be days where I just felt like it was never going to ever get better. Mm. Um, well, you did. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. How um, were your workplace with that? Because, you know, obviously some people work in more supportive workplaces. Yeah, I I think that because I was working part-time that that was 
a benefit mm. and the fact that I had some support from our grandparents that was you know Nick's parents that was a real benefit grandparents um, are gold grandparents <laughs> and Nick you know as well would never hesitate to help and take time off if he needed to I mean I remember like you said with Isla being there today my very first day of returning to work Nick had to take the day off work because I remember yeah I said to my principal you won't believe it my son's sick today mm. and he's like oh, I would believe it and you know I never believe people telling me that your child would get sick as much as they would when they went to childcare and I mean his wasn't necessarily sick from childcare it was just his um we had to problem solve some dietary things and treat infections that he had that weren't necessarily born from childcare but um yeah, so I think working part-time and obviously not everyone is in a situation where they're able to do that, whereas thankfully we were. And I just, it, you know, it got to the point where I just knew I had to take time off. I just had to find ways to work differently. Mm. And I guess that's why I have had some changes that I've made some, some you know, changes to my work over the period of time so that I can have more flexibility where needed um, and looking forward in the future so that I can do that as well because I think it's so important. And for me, my number one priority is my family. Yeah. And um, about finding that balance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess that leads us into your most recent transition then yeah. <laughs> um, into a life coach. So tell us about what, I guess, what motivated you to make that, uh, you know, undertake that training mm. and kind of, you know, develop um peno well-being yeah so i it was a quite a organic thing really that happened so i having been working in you know social work for a long time um and predominantly working in sort of crisis risk management um you know really just um intervention sort of focused work I guess I've got to a period of time where I thought I need to try something a bit different. I don't want to stop doing this fully, but I do want to extend my skills and experience because, you know, I bet I believe that we all life is about learning. And so I wanted to, to extend some of my skills. Mm-hmm. And so having again, just been working in this sector for a long time, I just felt there wasn't a lot of training out there that I, that was new to me. And I thought this is a six, you know, six month intensive course. And I really felt that it would be really positive and it would really kind of give me a holistic picture to my skills that I already had. And I had worked with a life coach myself before. And so I thought, you know, this is, and I thought about doing it a long time ago. Yeah. And so this was just a matter of being the right time, I think. And, you know, at that stage, Spencer was still, he's still having day sleep. So I would use that time to study when he was sleeping and when he was, when I was at home. Mm. Um, so throughout the study, whilst I was completing that course, a job opportunity was presented to me um, working for the EAP employee assistance company, um, which the program's called My Coach. So that was really exciting that, you know, I guess as an opportunity, I really undenarred about whether I would do that again, having considered that, I, you know, was that something that I, that was something I'd wanted to do before. Yeah. Um, but obviously this meant that I was then going to be doing three different things. <laughs> 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 I was also being a working mum. 
Yes. <laughs> um, so, but that's not unlike my personality. So, yeah, so it was really organic. And then as a result of working for the employee assistance, you know, I had to set up my own business and then, yeah, finished the course and so started taking on some of my own clients as well, which um, has been awesome. I've yeah. loved, I have loved doing that. And so it's just, yeah, working with a really different demographic Um type of client of someone that really wants to change and really wants that support um, yeah those changes which is really great yeah definitely Mm. as you said um people often obviously seeking out a life coach they are looking Mm. they're looking for your help they're really looking for that guidance I guess I don't know whether this is okay to add in here but like so when I so when I had Spencer, you know, he was about four months old, I think I I did some work with a life coach and, you know, I suppose as a part of that transition into motherhood, there were times where I felt like I really needed something for myself um, and, you know, there were times where I would access a psychologist but it was like I didn't need to actually go to a psychologist. It was just about finding the right support for me and have something for me and so I found getting a life like working with a life coach was just so beneficial to keep focused on myself and things that I wanted to achieve and things that I um, wanted to do in the future and yeah. so that's the difference is understanding I think the difference between counselling and and coach and working with a coach. Yeah, obviously mm. more goal-focused yeah. um, in the current role compared to the counselling or mm. maybe the psychological services. Mm. Obviously they all have their own goals but they may be, you know, different different um, mm. in terms of what you want to achieve from them. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you feel since, um, since doing your life coach, I know you, as you said, you've got things everywhere. <laughs> do you feel that you've got that um, work-life balance? I know when you spoke um, about the EAP services, you yeah. were saying that you could kind of control your hours a bit more so mm. it worked better for your family. Yeah. Look, things probably, um, I took a bit of time off from one of my roles over the um, school break because naturally I can, can do that working in a school and and but rebalance some of my time there yes um and because things probably did get a little bit unbalanced where I was spending a lot of time um putting my putting more time into my work Mm -hmm. um and so as a result you know time was coming from elsewhere in terms of spending with with my family um and myself so I've, I've recently sort of re assessed that and I've now sort of put some firmer boundaries around when I am working and how I am working and and I think that's as you know as what I refer to is the sort of seasons in life that we go through is that you know that's a regular thing that you have to do with whatever is going on in your life so um in terms of how I'm juggling that it's in a good place right now. So I, I, you know, have to constantly remind myself that I only have so much capacity and there's only so much that I can do and as much as I would want to, I could work so much more, I could work 24 hours a day if I wanted to. But, you know, it's about getting the right balance. And so for me, you know, I do have really firm boundaries around how much time I want to spend with my family and how much time I need for myself and how much... um, you know, time and need just to run the general household and things like that. So yeah. I think that's really important just to 
be really clear around what that looks like for you, um, for each individual and, and figuring that out so that you can keep that balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing that there will be times where it will change. Yes, as such, having kids, <laughs> that balance will not always stay the same. Yeah. So um, I know on your blog um, and your videos that you record, um, yeah. which I'll at the end get you to tell us where we can um, view those, sure. you do talk about life seasons. Mm. So can you give us a bit of a spiel about what life seasons is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like simp- simply, if you know, you think about your your spring, your um summer your your autumn and your winter you know I really believe that we go through seasons in life um there'll be times where you know you'll be flourishing there'll be times where you'll be thriving there'll be times where you you need to just go within and and be more quiet um um, and that is a constantly changing um for every person depending on what's happening for them so I think that when I talk about seasons, it's really about identifying which season that you're in. So more mm-hmm. recently, the season I've been in has probably been more of a winter phase where I've wanted to be quiet. I've wanted to be more connected to myself, whereas prior to that, you know, I was really in that summer phase where I felt like everything was busy, there was lots going on, um, and I was willing to be really connected to lots of different things that were happening. I think it's just really noticing where you are and being kind to yourself around what it is that you need, knowing that things will change. Um, and in terms of like parenthood and mothering, um, again, like knowing that you have seasons where your children are young and then they're becoming more independent, they're moving off to school. So when you're in those times where sometimes it feels really can feel really challenging, knowing that, you know, it is that season that you're in right now, it's not going to stay like that forever. I found that that's something that's really helpful just to, ground you in that time Mm. yeah it's definitely a good way of um putting it in a a way to understand it and if you can as you said identify where that is at um Mm. then it can help you look forward I think one of the challenging and one of the particular areas I probably work with with my clients um that you know tend to be parents Mm. is around their career and how they really struggle with wanting to do it all and wanting to feel like they've got a career um, but they also want to have their family and so finding a way that they can not necessarily compromise but be at peace with where they're at and figuring out well what right now what is that going to look like for you or what sort of um, plans can you put in place so that you feel like you're moving towards where you're actually wanting to go um, towards something that's going to work for you and, and that t- takes time to figure that out I think. Mm. But that's one of the areas that often comes up and it's also around identity, I think, and around purpose because obviously when you have a child, your purpose changes Mm. much and it's it's a part of that transition, I think, of um, figuring out, well, what does that look like for you? Yeah, and it almost changes without you even knowing, I feel. Um, You just, you, you know, you do change as a person. You had completely different priorities and then these new ones come in and then you you kind of learn your priorities as you mm. go go along along the way mm. so um do you have a lot of clients uh speaking from my experience who you said with that balance um 
who find, you know, they've got their career, they've got their um, family, they've got commitments. Mm. Do they, are there clients that feel guilt about not being able to commit to everything? Yeah, I definitely think that there is a... You know, mum guilt, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I actually, the way I talk about it is I actually don't, I actually think guilt can be reframed into something else because I think guilt is a really, um, it's an emotion that we might feel which Mm. then makes us think about, well, why is this coming up for me? I'm obviously, I've got some competing priorities and I need to reassess what's important for me right now because the reality is, like, as what I was saying before, I I can't do everything. Um, I could work 24 hours a day and whenever people say, will you do more work, of course, my heart, part of me wants to say yes. But, again, I have to bring it back to mine and values of what's important to me. And so, you know, obviously that sort of diffuses the guilt for me, but that's my strategy. But I do work with a lot of people around feeling that guilt of, you know, that, it's like that push-pull of, you know, I want to go here but I need to stay here for a little bit longer or yeah, kind of I'm missing out on something. It is really, it is a really tricky one and I think a lot of people do experience it. Yeah, I think I did, uh, particularly with Ava starting school. Mm. So uh, in once they're in school, I found the commitments just skyrocketed. Mm. So, you know, daycare's fine, they're at daycare, I'm at work, we pick mm. them up, we do their activities, their after school activities. Uh, and then enter school and there's assemblies and mm. there's Mother's Day parades and there's Rain Easter and, and sports carnivals yeah. and cross country yeah. and you can do this yeah. after school and that. Yeah, I've got mm. a parent teacher today. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think for me I I definitely had to assess um where I was at and mm. I, I had to say no to some things. Mm. You know, I couldn't go to every weekly assembly mm. but I could go to, you know, perhaps a special one where they might have been doing something in there yeah. Um, yeah. because if I went to the assembly then I wouldn't get as much work done and we couldn't do the after-school activities that That's we have right. planned. So yeah. um, I'm certainly at peace with that now um, mm. but I know in prep I felt like I had to be everywhere at once and, and, and you can't do it all and you know say if you use the example of you know p- potentially if you didn't work and then that meant that you couldn't do other family activities mm. because you didn't you didn't have the capacity to then do it there's always something that's going to be compromised regardless of what your decision is and that's yeah. what I think again bringing it back to what's important to you that like you said if it's really important to you that you attend couple of those things at school then you can find a way to do it but you can't necessarily do it all and and I guess it's then about how you communicate that um, to your child knowing that they understand that yeah it's okay that you're not you know you're doing the best that you can and you you know I remember reading something once in a book um, that sometimes when children grow up they wish that their parents had have done more for themselves and I think you know we we are role models and we are setting a role um, model to our children that we are still important because if we role model that then they will also pick up on that but yeah that as a parent you are an individual as well that has to juggle and balance those things yeah absolutely Mm. so um i guess what's important to you what what are some things that you whether it be weekly or or fortnightly, monthly, what are some things that you really um, try and focus on 
with your family or for yourself that, um, you know, that help you maintain that balance? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got one of the things I used to really worry about before um, Spencer started childcare was how was I going to fit in, like, the fit and meal prep and, the, you know, just doing the housework and things like that. So there's a big, and this is my personality, I know this is different for other people, but for me there's a big part of me that's let, um, you know, I don't have to do the vacuuming sort of every, you know, <laughs> every week and things like that or every few days. It's I've let certain things go, like, um, but I know that does, that doesn't work for everyone. So getting the meal prep and the food organised, that's probably one of the things that's really important to me and kind of having that down pat, we sort of have a routine around what works for us. Um, I really need to have time to myself. So even if that's only just a small amount, like I know that that keeps me sane and it makes mm. me become, you know, a better parent and be a better person. So I do try and have a little bit of time out for myself each week where possible, even if it's just going for a walk or, um, you know, catching up with a friend, having some time to myself. Because I think as as mums too, and I was only just chatting with Nick about this the other day, that a lot of our socialisation ends up often being on play dates with our friends um, where you your attention is not necessarily able to you're not able to be present when you're having a conversation and I really struggle with that so I know that I need to make sure I schedule in you know child free time with other adults so that I can have a conversation that you know is Is, not necessarily going to be interrupted all the time yes Um, as Isla talks in the background here (laughs) but again that's not going to happen all the time and it's also not going to last forever so it's um that's something that I do that's really important is making sure and just regularly checking in around kind of where I'm at in my own headspace um, yeah. so that I can sort of be uh, prevent any sort of additional stress that doesn't need to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, mm. that's good. Yeah, I guess I'm um, similar to you. I do like a bit of alone time. Mm. Um, it just to unwind, you know, mm. uh, I get to work some mornings and I feel like I've run a marathon because I've had three kids talking at me in yeah. the car and, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know what I'm doing. So mm. I'll get to work, have my coffee and just take, you know, five to 10 minutes before I mm. launch into the day. Mm. Um, and another thing is my husband and I make it time for each other, yeah, you know, definitely. like child free time mm. an hour each week mm. where we go um, and have a drink and just chill out. So mm. that's something that's really important to us because obviously you're almost like passing ships sometimes when, yeah. um, when life is busy and you've got all these commitments. So you, yeah, looking at that and balancing mm. that out as well. And that's probably one of the things I've like noticed since becoming a mum which I didn't notice so much before was just like the sensory overload that you experience because you've constantly got noise or demands or um, priorities or like things that you have to do and so your mind is constantly going and so I certainly have found that doing mindfulness and meditation has been something that's been really helpful to just Mm. help my mind just really slow down um, and having quiet whereas I wouldn't have been a person before that felt like I needed to have quiet whereas quiet's so important to me now it's so valuable now (laughs) (laughs) you don't realize until you you're not sure when you can fit it in (laughs) Mm, that's right so yes and it's appreciating the simple things and being really grateful for what um, you know what 
what we have um, mm. and just being really mindful around that as well when we might be feeling a bit, start to feel a bit resentful about some things, just really sitting with that gratefulness of how lucky we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And like you said, it's not like this forever. So mm. whilst we say, you know, we've got to squeeze this in and, and squeeze that in, mm. um, sometimes it can almost feel like you're squeezing the time in with your kids as well and yeah. you, you don't want to have to squeeze that in. You yeah. want that's so valuable um they grow and change so quickly and quickly yeah um it feels like it almost excuse me slips away sometimes so Mm. well I'm sure you feel like that now with with Ava and I certainly am starting to to feel that that the time has just gone so fast and I know that I'm only going to have this time once and Mm. so trying to make the most of it where I can um has really helped shift my perspective even like you know, for a long period of time there, we had such early mornings, you know, where Spencer would wake up so early and I used to get frustrated and then I really reframed that and shifted that to I'm just so lucky that I actually get to spend this time with him. We don't have to rush in the mornings. Yeah. And have to bust out the door to get him to childcare to get to work. So I think that reframing has been really helpful. Yeah, and they just value... Um, they value time so much over, I find, over experiences mm. and things like that, just the time you spend with them mm. and watching them um, do their quirky things, you know, their mm. different, I guess, how they evolve day to day. They're just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to watch, I think. Mm. So, yeah. So tips. I know you've said what you um, do to balance your time. What are some mm. other strategies that perhaps you would, recommend if you know meditation wasn't for someone or yeah what I are mean, some other things I mean I think you know one of the um one of the things I talk to people a lot about is um Maslow hierarchy of needs which is mm-hmm. like obviously having your basic needs being met so I think often when you are struggling sometimes I will recommend to my clients literally if you need to get rest and sleep get rest and sleep first. You know, if you're tired, you're overwhelmed, you're exhausted, start there. Um, obviously then if you can add in some um, good nutrition, trying to do some exercise, making sure you've got support, um, just sort of really having a bit of a, a checkup, like a really basic checkup of where you're at and get those basic human needs met first because I think a lot of the time and a lot of parents, you know, I do speak to are exhausted and I Mm. think you just can't do anything when you're exhausted. I know that it's really hard sometimes to counteract that. So start there and then once you've got that and you're feeling a bit more rested, um, yeah, some of those little things like just making yourself work, um, your self-care um, mm. of value. So like you said, whether it is just having some alone time, um, catching up with a friend, you know, it's it doesn't often have to be something significant. Um, no. But, it, but if it is something that needs to be significant, then it's okay to do that too. So, you know, know that it's okay to ask for help and get support when you do need it because we're all human and we all have times where we do need that extra help and support. And, you know, one of the things, and I know you you and um, your family in what you have created in the business and the same as what I want to create in people is feeling like it's okay to ask for help and that it's um, shouldn't be something that, like you know, like you say, if you've got a a broken leg or something, you'd go to the doctor and get mm. it checked out. So just being really in check with your mental health and what you might need to 
flourish a bit more um, or nourish yourself a bit more. You know, they're the types of words that I use around sort of that seasonal approach to to where you might be. Wait, yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's um, that's covered a lot of things for us today. I think it'll yeah. certainly help some working mums out there to try and, you know, identify and balance and also know that you're not alone. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and no, um, not alone is all often. Oh, it makes such help. a difference. We're all going along together. So yeah. Um, so if people wanted to reach out, as I said before, you do blogs and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram and is it they posted on your website as well or yeah so I have my website which is www.katepenno.com but on um, Instagram I have katepenno underscore the instinct guide so so much about what I encourage people to do is by following their instinct often and checking in with what their instinct and their intuition is telling them because I think a lot of the time that is there but sometimes there's just so much going on we just get a little bit disconnected from it so that's where that sort of came from yeah um and yeah so on instagram and also facebook as well so great yeah anyone's always welcome to reach out if they have any questions about anything they want to ask and and we'll um post the link as well when we um pop this up on the socials we'll post the link so people can just click on it and find you and have a look and have a read and learn more about what you do yeah thank you yeah perfect well it was good to chat to you yeah good to chat to you too and i know we haven't scheduled one in a while as a social catch-up being that finding that balance (laughs) but it's so nice that you know it doesn't matter how long time goes by, you know, after all this time, it's still so nice just to touch base with the people that you care about and your friends. So that's so important and thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.